0: Well, we're in the middle of uh, just a time of going through the book of Acts, and we're in Acts 8, and really um, what we've longed to see, what i want to see in my own life, is what does it look like to be a, a normal follower of Jesus? And, and anything like normal isn't really normal, because we're supposed to be so captivated by the love of Christ that it compels us to, to reach out and to tell people with the hope that we have in Jesus, to be people of, of light in the darkness. And for the last couple of weeks, we've been uh, sitting in Acts chapter eight, and we're, we're there again. Um, but last week, we really talked about our identity and who we are as followers of Jesus. That, that we are sent people, sent in the world to proclaim the hope that we have. In John 20, verse 21, uh, Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so now I am sending you. And that is a word not just for those disciples, couple thousand years ago, it's a word for us today, that if we are followers of Jesus, we are sent people, sent into the world to be missionaries, sent in the world to carry the hope that we have in Jesus. In 1 Peter 3.15, says this, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have, and I wanna challenge all of us this morning. Like We should be as followers of Jesus, if we put our faith in Jesus, we should be the most hopeful people on the planet. Because we know what it means to be uh, separated from God, to, to be stuck in our sin. And we also know that the beauty and the powerful power of, of, of that, that verse in Romans 5, I believe, where it says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And know the freedom of being rescued by Jesus. But then also knowing the, the hope that we have and the joy that we have of, of walking around on this, on this earth, uh, knowing that there's no condemnation for us because we have put our faith in Jesus, because we are in Christ. And so, of course, Jesus, we should be the most hope-filled people because we are looking forward to a day when we will see Jesus face to face. And to live as Christ and to die is gain. And so that should bring, like, so much joy and hope in us, no matter what the circumstances we face, so much so that people are looking at us and saying, there's something different about you. There's something different about how you navigate life. And so as we step into the next couple weeks, we do want to press into this identity of who we are as sent people, sent by God into the world, empowered by the Holy Spirit. But the thing that I also want us to, to do and to, to be about is, know, is we want to be a people that are fully equipped to do this. Fully equipped, having the right tools to do this. And so today I want to talk about one thing that is, is frankly very near and dear to my heart and, and frankly I think something that is such an important tool for us as far as Jesus in this world today. I want to set it up this way. was a couple of years ago, and I, my wife and I got invited to uh, dinner with a couple of her co-workers and a couple people who had come to um, her work to consult. And um, we were going out for dinner and if you don't know, my wife is in uh, radio uh, business and she's a broadcaster and on the air every afternoon and uh, she's a radio personality, is that what's your official title? I don't know, she's just a broadcaster personality. And. The people that came to the radio station were a couple other broadcasters. And so I was invited into this dinner with five broadcasters. <laughs> now, let me just park that there a second and just tell you everything that I share up here, I do get permission from my wife. <laughs> everything that she shares on the air, she may or may not have my permission, but she's not say, <laughs> I guess by default she so has no permission. Um, so we were, we were at Crazy Horse there were five broadcasters and I will just tell you this that was the worst <laughs> dinner I've ever had the worst because one broadcaster is good two broadcasters is fine because they're, they're sharing stories and they share stories in a great way and they're funny and they're captivating and all of that but there were five broadcasters who were constantly competing for airtime <laughs> and so one would share a story And then another one would be like, hop on and say, oh, yeah, well, this happened in my life. And then they started to share about all the people they had met. And one was a a broadcaster for a play-by-play guy for a baseball team down in Florida. And he's like, well, I met this baseball player and that baseball player. And then they looked at me and they said, well, what do you do? And I shared it with them. And they said, well, one guy said, I'll never forget this. He said, what is your, who is your favorite new pastor to listen to? And I shared a name, I shared it with some people that I listened to in the podcast. And he goes, Well, I'm just right now involved in a big project with that guy. What a <laughs> coincidence. Let me tell you about that. And then all of a sudden, it was another story. Here's the irony about the whole thing the conversation that they were having was like, How do we make the listeners feel important? <laughs> and they were talking, and deep inside, I just thought, why don't you just try to listen? To them? <laughs> Why don't you just make them important by listening, listening to people, listening to what they're saying instead of constantly looking to put in your two cents and to share your opinion? And I, I share that because the morning I want to talk about the importance of listening. Because I think this is, is something that is being lost in our culture today. Lost in our world. We are losing our ability to listen. We're losing our listening. And you can, you can watch TV, you can be in rooms full of people, and constantly, and this is a generalization I know, but constantly like people are talking over one another. If you're in an argument, they're arguing over one another, and everybody is talking, 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 and I just wonder how many people are truly listening. Not just listening to, to come in with an argument, but listening to understand. To because that is the importance of listening. Listening creates understanding. If you press into a conversation and you listen to what the other person is saying, you're understanding, you're trying to understand who they are and what makes them tick. This week I came across a couple um, podcasts that I was listening to when I was running. And uh, noticed this, that back a couple of years ago, 20, 30 years ago, there was a book called um, Seven uh, Habits of Highly Effective People. Business uh, leader. Put this out. And I found this to be very interesting. The fifth uh, fifth habit of a highly effective person is this: seeking to understand. Seeking to understand. Well, in order to seek to understand, you have to listen. And then another podcast I was listening to, uh, this person said, Do you want, if you want to raise your influence 10 times, improve your ability to listen? And they gave three. Three levels of listening. Level one listening is just being like a polite person and just being quiet and listening to what another person uh, has to say. Level two listening is a person who is listening to jump in with an argument after they, after somebody shares and say, okay, I, I hear what they're saying and I'm going to jump in with this argument to maybe contradict the point. But level three listening is that they say this is where you really gain influence is if you listen to understand. Listen to their heart. Listen to, to understand what makes them think, the so why behind why they are living. I want us, as followers of Jesus, to be people who have that level three listening, who are listening with, with so uh, close ears to, to listen to a person's heart, to understand the people that we are talking to. 25 years ago, I got into ministry. And in youth ministry, there was this phrase that has really compelled me my entire life from there on out. And it was this phrase that came out of Young Life, and they said this, Earn the right to be heard. Earn the right to be heard. What would happen if we lived this way? If we lived this way to earning the right to be heard, instead of jumping in with our own two cents and saying, this is what's going on in my life, or this is what you need to believe, earning the right to be heard by entering into somebody's life and listening to them and asking questions and really getting to a place of understanding of who they are. And I see this all over Jesus' life. And I see this in very reading how he came in John 1.14. It says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He moved towards us, moved into our lives. And so when it comes to listening, when it comes to this posture, we, as far as Jesus, should lead the way. After all, it was James, the brother of Jesus, who gave us this simple command that is so difficult to live out. Look at James 1, verse 19. James just said this, let every person be quick to hear. And slow to speak. Quick to hear. Now I don't know how you do that like like quick, how you're quick to hear. Like that's a that's an awkward phrase. But really what James is saying is like this is so important. You have to, to listen, 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 listen. Be quick to have that be your first approach instead of quick to speak. You no, know, be quick to listen, to understand, to learn what people are going through. And slow or late to speak. I always love how Eugene Peterson in the message puts it. He says this, post this at all the intersections dear friends. Lead with your ears. Lead with your ears. And this is so crucial because as people who are sent into the world, sent by Jesus into the world, this has to be our posture. Instead of going and just blasting things, and there's a time to proclaim and we'll get to that in the next couple weeks. But what would happen if we led With just listening. Turn to Acts chapter 8, and I really get this from uh, Philip towards the end of Acts chapter 8, because I love his posture here. Let's read that starting at verse 26. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with them. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shear is silenced. So he opened, opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom I ask you does this prophet say this? about himself or about someone else. Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, told him the good news about Jesus. Now, this passage is always blowing me away, because Philip was uh, told by an angel to go down to this road. Now, Philip was hanging out in Samaria, and massive things were happening in Samaria. Thousands were coming to know Jesus, put their faith in Jesus. There was healings, there was deliverances, there was amazing, powerful things happening in Samaria. Then all of a sudden, an angel appears and tells Philip, go. And Philip went. And he was obedient, and he goes, and he's sitting on the road, and then the Holy Spirit says to him, go over to that chariot. Go over to the chariot and, and sit up, and approach the chariot. And this is such a powerful phrase. It says in Acts uh, 8, it says that Philip ran. And I love that because as soon as he was told by the Holy Spirit, he ran over to the chariot. What a picture of obedience. We already saw that in Noah's life today, like that picture of running and saying, you know what, I love money, I need but the Lord is telling me to let this go, I'm going to let it go. Philip is saying, is hearing like, go over to the chariot, and Philip ran. Oh, if we could be like that, obedient to the call of the Holy Spirit when we hear it, to go in that direction. But how did Philip approach the Ethiopian man He went up and he led with a question. He heard him he noticed what was happening. He heard, and then he asked the question, do you understand what you're reading? Now, I thought this week, what would it look like today if Philip was living this up? How would this uh, take place? And I don't know if it would take place exactly like we see it in Scripture. I think Philip today, in our culture today, in our culture where we are so quick to speak and maybe share about what's going on in our lives, it may have looked a little bit of like Philip going up to the Ethiopian and saying, you know what, amazing things are happening in Samaria. Absolutely amazing things. People were being delivered, people were being healed, people were putting their faith in Jesus. This is absolutely amazing. And then all of a sudden, an angel appeared to me and told me to come down to this road. And in fact, I took a selfie of the angel. I took a selfie of me and the angel hanging out. It's a picture there, you should show it. <laughs> and then, on top of that, I was going, I was hanging out by this road, I was obedient to that, and then I, one day I was having my devotions, and, you know, I took a selfie of this, a little picture of me hanging out in nature, having devotions, and the Holy Spirit <laughs> told me to come over to you. And you know what, by the way, you're not from around here. I see that you're you're dressed a little bit differently. You know, you look a little bit differently, but now let me tell you what's going on and why I am set. Blah, 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 blah. Talking, talking, talking. But this was not the approach that Philip took. He saw what was going on. He was observant. He was listening to the Holy Spirit. And he asked the question, do you understand the truth? And what was the result? He was invited up into the church. He was invited into deeper relationship. And I believe the reason that Philip did this, the reason that we see this all over scripture, is because this demonstrates the very heart of our Father verses that talk about, about God listening to us. And I bet there have been a time in your life where you have been absolutely blown away by the fact that the God of the universe listens to you. Here's you. Look at Psalm 5 I believe. We're going to go through all of these. Honey. Oh Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. And David was saying, in the morning when I cry out to you and I pray to you, every day you hear my voice. Next passage. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. I mean, that's an amazing picture. From his temple, God of the universe hears my voice, hears your voice. In the midst of your distress, in the midst of your situation, when we pray, when we when we talk to our Father, it doesn't just hit the, the net on the ceiling right here. It goes all the way to his very temple, and he hears our voice. Fantastic. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy, because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I mean, there are so many passages throughout Scripture where it talks about God inclining or leaning his ear towards us. His posture towards us as his kids is one of listening, not always one of just speaking and complaining and do this and this and this and this. No, he inclines, he moves his ear towards you and I. He listens. And this is even the way that Jesus ministered when he was alive here on the earth, when he walked around uh, and, and interacted with people. In John chapter 5, he comes across this guy who has been... Um, been lame for 38 years. <clears throat> and he goes up to him and, and he asks this question. He says, do you want to be made well? And that makes me scratch my head because I'm like, of course Jesus, this guy wants to be well. Like he's been you know, lame for, for 38 years. But Jesus didn't come up and just boom, heal him. No, he asked the question. Because one of the things that I have learned is sometimes people want to stay stuck in their sickness. And so that question has become actually powerful. It's like, do you want to actually get out of your situation? Because Jesus has the power to get you out of your situation. And so Jesus leans into that question and says, do you want to be made well? He he took the approach of listening. Even in Luke 24, after Jesus rose from the dead, he finds two people who are wandering away from Jerusalem. And he's hidden from them. And he's hearing them talk back and forth, and they're talking, frankly, about him. And he starts asking them questions, and he journeys with them for seven miles, asking them questions, interacting with them. Jesus took this approach, and and throughout history, people have taken this approach of going into different communities and looking and seeing, okay, what is the need in this community? What is the biggest need? What is the biggest cry of people's hearts in this community, and how can we work to solve it? Jesus listened. Missionaries throughout the ages have listened. What would happen if you and I took that posture and listened? Approach people with questions and listen. Listen not just to argue, not to argue, but listen to the cry of their heart and kept asking questions, even if the things that they were saying were things that we disagree with. Getting to the very bottom of who they are and the very passions and joy and pain that they may have experienced. I was really gripped by this passage out of Proverbs. 18 and this just like slapped me right in the forehead this week listen how it talks about someone who doesn't listen it says in Proverbs 18 verse 2 a fool takes no pleasure in understanding a fool takes no pleasure in understanding listening leads to understanding a fool takes no pleasure in understanding but only to express his opinion why is this so important I think there are a couple different reasons. I think this is so important because everyone that we meet is at a different place. Everyone we meet is at a different place. Is at a different part of their journey. And so as we lean in and as we begin by listening, we get to understand where they are at in their journey with Christ. Some of them might have even not even started that journey with Christ, they're still searching, they're hungry, but, but everybody is at a different spot. And if we move in with this posture of listening, we'll be able to identify how the Lord might want to use us in that situation. I look at Acts chapter eight, and there are two different guys that are, are represented. Back in, in, in the first part of Acts chapter eight, we're introduced to a man named Simon, who was had a quest for something powerful. And so God moved in his life in a powerful way, and he saw the power of God at work, but if that same approach were to take place for the Ethiopian eunuch, someone who was just rejected in Jerusalem, It might have not gone that well. And so everybody is in a different spot. And so Philip goes up to this Ethiopian eunuch, someone who was rejected, and he takes this posture of, you know what, I see you, I accept you. What's the question that you have? Do you understand what you're reading? Listening is so important because everyone is in a different place. But listening also prepares us to speak well. Look at verse 35. It says, Philip, when he opened up his mouth, he began with the scripture at the person that shared. Teacher Bonhoeffer says this. He wrote a little thing on, on ministry of listening. He said this. We should listen with the ears of God. So that we can speak the word of God. You know, listen with the ears of God. Listen to where people are at. So that we can speak the words of God into that situation. Philip didn't just start with his favorite verse. He started with where the person was at. Where the Ethiopian was at. And he spoke powerfully into his life. I also believe listening is an act of love. It shows that you care for somebody. Good listening embraces someone. Poor listening rejects somebody. Have you ever talked to somebody, and you're talking, and they're looking into the background, kind of looking past you? I mean, how does that make you feel? They're like, you're not even paying attention to me. You're totally rejecting me. So listening is an act of love. Philippians 2, 3 and 4 says this, In humility, count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Listening is looking to the interests of others and saying, You know what? I see you. I hear you. I embrace you. So this week, what would it look like if you in a conversation, you in your neighborhood, took this posture, took this posture of, you know what, you're gonna, send people into your neighborhood, you are going to ask questions and listen. And frankly, I would challenge you this week to have one conversation with a person where you don't <laughs> speak unless you have to. Don't make it awkward. But you just <laughs> embrace that conversation by just listening, just asking questions. This is one of my favorite things to do in my neighborhood is I go around my neighbors and I talk with my neighbors. Years ago, it just started with questions of, all right, what is your name? What is your name? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about if you have kids, are you married? And I'll just share this. As I interact with people in my neighborhood, there is sometimes where I forget their names. And so I've humbled myself and I'm like, you know what? I should remember your name, but I don't. Can you tell me your name again? Feel free to ask that question. The thing that I have noticed is you ask questions of people's lives. They will open up more and more. And as they open up more and more, I would encourage you to keep asking those questions. And the thing that I've learned over 25 years is people actually appreciate those tough questions. The questions that are trying to get down into the depths of their soul. I've asked people about the deepest pain of their life, and I've never been rejected. Where people have said, I'm not going to show that. No, when you have this posture of listening to you, asking questions like, tell me about that deep pain that deep hurt in your life. They will be quick to open up. Because this is so countercultural in a world where people are talking over one another. As we lean in with the listening ear, people will share their story. And what I've found over and over again is people want to share the story of their life. They are looking for listening ears to tell it to. And I believe God has positioned us in the neighborhoods to come in with this active love of listening and say, Tell me about your life. One of the things that I do, I'll just pass along, I never never ask a question or try to stay away from questions that have yes or no answers. It's like a question of like, are you hurting today? Uh, Yes or no? Like, I would say yes or no, but that doesn't go anywhere. So I'll say, hey, tell me about your childhood. Tell me about your relationship with your parents. Tell me about your relationship with your spouse. Tell me about your relationship with your kids. Tell me about your, your greatest pain in your life. Tell me about your greatest joy in your life. In this very week, I was walking with a neighbor, and I asked a question, and all of a sudden, they just opened up and shared about a great pain in their life. And I'm standing on Central Avenue in Zealand, and they're just dumping their guts out and I'm like, wow, this is such a beautiful moment. Just as they're opening up and sharing, and I believe God wants you to have those type of interactions with every person in your neighborhood, because he has sent you there. I think one of the problems that we have, and I'm going to end on this, is that in this world of constantly listening or constantly talking, not only does it numb us to our ability to listen to others, it actually prevents us from listening to the Lord. We can have this chatty spirit where we're constantly talking, and the loudest voice that we should be listening to, the Lord's, gets drowned out. And so, in the midst of this, I don't want you just to run up to people and just go, okay, I've got to listen. Ask the Lord. All right, Holy Spirit, where are you directing me? Where are you meeting And this all comes from one of the moments of the greatest regrets in my life. We were living on 3524 North Lakeshore Drive. I was getting to know my, my neighbor, Gary, who was a World War II veteran. He was deeply hurt. <coughs> Had a family that didn't come around all that often. Born and raised in a religious background. I was getting to know him and his wife, Mary, and they had a big boat that we didn't like because it was right outside of our living room window with a big guitar. I tried to build this relationship. And one day I remember feeling so clearly in my heart go over and share the gospel. With and I was not obedient like Noah. I put it off. I procrastinated, procrastinated, procrastinated. One day I finally saw Mary out on the front, the front lawn and I went over and talked to her and I said, hey Mary, how are you doing? And, and we talked for a little bit and I said, hey, can you tell me about it? Like, I haven't seen Gary around. Like, what, what is he up to these days? And she looked at me in my eyes, so sad. And she goes, he passed away. of a heart attack a couple days ago. I was like, crap. I no, you're not supposed to stay that in church, but that's how it felt. Because the Lord had pricked my heart and said, you know what? Go over and share the gospel. But I had drowned out that voice in my, 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 my life. And I just share that to say, you know what? God has positioned you and I in neighborhoods, you and I to go into these places, to be led by the Holy Spirit, to, pour, to go in with the, the posture of listening, a posture of love and saying, you know what, these are people who are hurting who God has sent me here to tell them the hope that I have found in Jesus Christ. And so this week I totally want to challenge all of us to go into these places and just listen, listen to the cries of people's hearts and we'll talk in the next couple of weeks about things that we should say and how we can, can respond. But I want us to lead with love. And that often starts with listening. Listening on their behalf to the Lord and listening to them saying, what's your story? What's your greatest pain? What's your, your heart's desire? And so at this morning, I want us to be empowered to listen. Empowered to go in the power of the Spirit just to simply listen. So let's pray. Oh, Father, thank you. Just even now as I say that word Father, thank you that you listen that you hear us. Oh, I thank you for, that's like the very foundation of your character. You listen and you care. Father, I pray that today, first and foremost, we would listen to you. We know that you're always speaking, we know the problem isn't with you, that you are always speaking, and that, that we would be quick to listen to you, first and foremost but that we'd also be bold in our obedience to live out James 1.19, to, to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And so as we are sent from this place, may we be quick to listen. Holy Spirit, we so desperately need you to empower us to do that. Oh, we need you to give us the listeners. And we do this not because it's just some um, exercise that we're doing, we do this because we want you, Jesus, to be glorified. We want people to encounter, not us, but to encounter you living inside of us. And so I ask that you would strengthen us today with those years that are equipped with us. Because we so want to see your glory. We want to see people's hearts and lives restored to you, King Jesus. that's